Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. Today is October 10th, 2023. My name is Kevin. I'm Liz. Welcome back. It's been a little bit again. We started slacking. I, I know we still say we try to do this every month, but we kept pushing for one reason or another. I know at least the first time it was my fault. I wasn't prepared, so we pushed it. And then it was your birthday and other things, and here we are. So what's happened since last time? I think the big thing that stands out to me is we took Allie off to college. Yeah, that's, that's really it. Made me sad. Yes, so how'd it go? It was amazing. It was better than when my parents dropped me off at college. Why don't you tell me about your experience? Of dropping Allie off? No, of your parents dropping you off at college first. We had a whole podcast oh, we on did. that. We did have a whole podcast. Oh my podcast. gosh. Okay, my bad. So we started out the day, loaded the truck the night before, started out the day. She was nonstop jibber-jabber for like the first hour. I think she was anxious. And then we both fell asleep rather quickly. And you listened to what? I don't know. I, we, I don't need a play-by-play. Oh. Just how was it? How was it for you? I don't know. It was, it was one of those things that it's a rite of passage. And the rite of passage in my mind had to be like, uh, like grungy, gross dorms. And that is not at all what this was. This was walking into a full-blown apartment where she was immediately presented with a big city opportunity with a really nice apartment. It was all safe, which in my mind is giving her a, a taste of good life right out of the gate. So I don't know. Okay, so, so try this. We, we, we dropped her off. We pulled through an alley. Oh, yeah. Okay, so right, let's... So- we, they unloaded her. That was the most un- efficient unloading I've oh, seen. By far. You stayed behind. You went upstairs. You helped her start putting stuff away, moving stuff in, whatever. I went and parked the truck at our hotel and took... No, I walked back. It doesn't matter. But I think for what I was really getting at is, for me, I, I wasn't that emotional dropping her off that day. Oh, no, because we, we had tasks. Well, yeah, but it's still a big life change. We stayed in Chicago for a few days after that, right? You and I worked from the... Chicago office. Yeah, for two days. It really wasn't until it was time to say goodbye when it got emotional. Really? Yeah. I think mine were moments where taking her and getting groceries for herself for the first time and her kind of taking the lead role. She wasn't feeling great a few days before we left, so she was still sick. All right. Which was concerning me, and knowing that I was going to leave was even more concerning, and... Having all those mama bear moments where that her dorm wasn't just right. I had all these grand ideas that I wanted to make it perfect for her, and I couldn't make it perfect for her because perfect in my mind is not perfect in her mind. Mm-hmm. You're right. Grocery shopping was interesting because that, that one of the thoughts that occurred to me while we were doing that is I remembered how lone... Like, well, she was with us, so that was fine. But I knew she was going to have to go grocery shopping a week or two later on her own, and I remember how lonely it was to go grocery shopping in college by myself. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. The first couple of days was we, there was a lot of task orientation getting her settled. But that first day was all about her. The next couple of days it kind of started to wane a little bit. And we did our own jam. We did our we were there if she needed us exactly how we envisioned, but we still did the the things for us while we were there. It was like a mini vacation. It was. We went to Second City. Amazing. Yeah, we went to the main show this time. I don't remember what happened Sunday. Oh, we went out to dinner and then we... Oh, we went to the Redhead Piano Bar. Oh, yeah. Which was really nice, right? It was it was nice. The woman singing was eight months pregnant and she was really good. 
but yeah, we saw Allie once a day. Like Saturday morning, we got together for coffee and went grocery shopping. Sunday morning, no, we had breakfast together. Yep. And then Monday morning, we got together and got Starbucks real quick before going to work. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. I again, I I enjoyed the whole trip up until we left, and that's when it got emotional. And then coming home, and she was not in her room or the car was already parked where it should be. And those were the moments that started to make it real for me. That killed me. I mean, I was okay coming home, but Teddy spent those four or five days at Chris and Cherry's and he was fine until he got home into the house. And as soon as he walked into the house, he, he started crying. It was a hard time. It was good. It's good. It's a transition in life, but it's been a few weeks since she's been there and she's called us Every day or every weekend, at least for 15, 20 minutes. And that's that's the awesomeness about having phones and connectivity and social media right now is we constantly are in, in contact with her. We know where she's at. Where she, we know she's safe. She's finally found a groove with her classes. Yep. So, I mean, really, aside from that, nothing has happened. I mean, I, I started coaching, but we haven't really done anything yet. So we'll save that for next coaching time. Coaching for what? Coaching U10 hockey. But we'll save that for next time. We haven't really done anything yet. You ready to get into the wine? Absolutely. All right. Tonight, we are drinking a 2021 Villabrici Pinot Grigio. This wine comes to us from Slovenia. Slovenia? Slovenia. Okay. Where is Slovenia on the map? I have no idea. Okay. So, mostly borders Austria to the north. Okay. Croatia is to the south. Italy to the west for just a little bit. And Hungary to the east. So it's very much, it runs east and west. It's, it's narrow north to south. Okay. It does touch part of the Mediterranean Sea. It has 29 miles of coastline. It's a little smaller than West Virginia by area. Ooh. It's the not, entire country? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not a big country. Population is 2.1 million. That would be identical to New Mexico and would make it the 37th most populous state in the United States. So really tiny. Yeah, it's not terribly large. How big is the winery? We haven't gotten to the winery. Oh, my bad. Uh, the capital is Ljubljana. <laughs> I knew I'd scoop this up. <laughs> the capital is Ljubljana. Ljubljana? Ljubljana. Okay. Population 287,000. Terrain is very mountainous, mountainous in the north and rough or very rolling hills throughout the rest of the country. Okay, cool. It's not flat. History of Slovenia. Evidence of inhabitants dates back 250,000 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have found a pierced bare bone, believed to be used as a flute, and it's estimated to be 43,000 years old and the oldest known musical instrument in the world. Wow. Lots of history, and I don't want, I'm going to cover a few things, but I don't want to go through it all because as much as we're idiots on wine, we're really idiots on European history. This country was occupied by the Roman Empire and the Germanic Empire at different times. They suffered heavy casualties and destruction in the Western state during World War I. In 1918, the state of Slovenes, Croats, and Serbs merged with Serbia to eventually be renamed Yugoslavia. In 1941, Axis forces defeated Yugoslavia in just a few weeks. The country was divided up amongst Italy, the Nazis, and the independent state of Croatia. They lost 8% of their population to World War II casualties, executions, and cleansing. Wow. A national resistance existed and Yugoslavia was liberated in 1945, They adopted a socialist government, but more liberal than its counterparts. Um, For example, they were allowed to work and travel to other countries. Oh, that's cool. 
1997, a group formed and demanded democracy. Slovenia began passing democratic measures in 1989 and changed its name to Republic of Slovenia in 1990. They gained independence from Yugoslavia in 1991, followed by a 10-day war with Yugoslavia that ended in a truce. They were accepted into the UN in 1992. For government, they are Parliamentary Democratic Republic. They have a proportional electoral system, much like we do. The head of the government is the prime minister, and legislation is altered by the National Assembly. The first order of administration in Slovenia is statistical regions. What does that mean? The first order of administration, we've talked about this on other ones. I know. In the United States is a state. Okay. Right, so the first way they break up their administration of laws in the people is statistical regions. The largest by population is central Slovenia, containing the capital, and it's the second largest in area. How many regions do they have? Uh, it's 11 to 13, somewhere in there. And how big, how populous are those regions? I'm throwing questions at you. I'm sorry. Well, we know there's 2.1 million people in the country. So divide that by 13 at max? Yeah, less than 200,000 people per state average. Okay. And I should have looked this up because I, I knew how to pronounce it, and now I'm forgetting. The region this wine is from is on the west side. It's Goriska Berta. On the Italy side? It's on the Italy side. It does border Italy. Right? It makes sense. Yeah, because so, it, uh, it it makes me think that's why Italy's known for white wines, right? They're known for wine. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so located in the westernmost statistical region of Gariska, uh, Berta translates to hills, and it's also a municipality with about 6,000 people named Berta. It's the fourth largest by area and sixth most populous. That's the statistical region. Okay, so it's the fourth biggest and sixth most pop or most people. Yes. Again, it's a wine region that borders Italy to the west. Agriculture is their primary economy, growing cherries in addition to grapes. Ooh. Wine has been made in this region for 2,300 years. The most produced grape is Rebula, accounting for 27% of the production. Never heard of it. R-E-B-U-L-A. What is that? White, red? It's still white. Still white? I didn't go into it, though. It's not part of this, right? This is right. still Pinot Grigio. It's grown exclusively in eastern Italy and western Slovenia, Notably, some wineries ferment it into orange wine. Oh, we've had orange wine before. Yeah, you loved it. I did. In 1870, vineyards were almost completely destroyed by... Uh, oh, crap. I should have looked this up, too. I knew how to pronounce this. Grape phylloxera. It's essentially... Uh, what, are the, what are the green bugs that eat the leaves from plants? Caterpillars? No, the little ones. We have them in the United States, too. Aphids. <laughs> you never know what an aphid is? No. It's a little green bug that eats the leaves of plants, and eventually the plants die off. They're bugs. Yeah. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry for those people that like bugs. They're gross. They give me the creeps. So this region enjoys a mild Mediterranean climate. Again, I, I, a lot of these places seem to have a weather system very similar to, uh, to Ohio. Hmm. But there's no dry season and they have warm summers, not hot. Uh, like I said, very Ohio-like. July high is around 80 degrees. January high is around 40 degrees. And yes, we do get much colder than 40 degrees, but the average high in the middle of January is like 38 here. So it's pretty close. That makes you wonder why Ohio doesn't grow wine. We do, we do grow wine. Not as much as we, I think we should, but... So this, the winery itself is near the town of Dubravo. It's about two miles east of the Italian border, so very close. It was established in 1957, so it's 76 years old. It first started exporting wine to the United States in 1984, they sold more than 1 million bottles in 2002. They claim to be the largest producer of wine in Slovenia, shipping to 26 different countries. Well, considering Slovenia is not very big, that's a pretty easy claim. 
it's like, it's like saying you're the largest wine producer in West Virginia. That's not fair. I don't think West Virginia <laughs> produces much wine. Oh, they, they do claim to pick the grapes by hand due to the steepness of the hills. So the, wine, oh, the winery yeah. itself is built on the hills. Oh, yeah, because that makes sense. So they, they claim they cannot use machines to do the picking. It's all done by hand. Huh. They don't list much information for the production of the wine other than they claim to be sustainable. Yeah, that's all I got on the wine. Are you ready to get into looking at it, smelling it, tasting? Mm-hmm. All right. So this is you. What does the bottle look like? It looks like a typical bottle. It's not very spectacular. The only difference is there's like a mosaic-like emblem at the very top of the label. It's really kind of neat. It's like you if you would take a mosaic on like a terrace and take a picture of it and then put it on a label. That's what it looks like. Like a me. circular patio? Yeah. There's a an estate on it too, but I, was, I, I did check the, the, the picture of the estate on it does not look like the winery itself. Oh. So then it, it seems to be artistic value. Okay. ABV for the wine is 13%. So if you, mm. the whole bottle, uh, yeah, it's get slightly on the stronger side. The whole bottle is going to have a little more than a six pack of 5% beer. So color and thickness of the wine. It's a little more yellow than I thought. I, when I think of Pinot Grigio, I think yellow when I think Chardonnays. But this is not as crisp and clean looking that I think of. Would you agree? No. Really? I, it's really clear. But it's yellowy. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think my problem is with the white wines. I always compare them, at least the the, the color and thickness, to a pilsner. <laughs> that's that's where I go. So it's it's much lighter than a pilsner, and it's much more. Oh no, it's. I mean, it's very transparent. It is very transparent because it's wine. But red if, red wine is not transparent. But if you look, if you think about it, and you look at Sauvignon Blancs, which are really clear and really crisp and has no tint to it, or Chardonnays that are very yellowy. This is halfway between, but I would have expected a Pinot Grigio to lean towards a Sauvignon Blanc more than I would a Chardonnay. And I think that's the reverse. I think this looks like a Sauvignon Blanc. No, really? Yeah. Okay. You think Sauvignon Blanc is a little more cloudy than this? No, it's not cloudy. It's the color, the tint oh, of the color. Sorry. The tint okay. is yellow, more yellow, which is Chardonnay-like. Okay. So let's smell it now. What does it smell like? I can smell the alcohol. You're going to think I'm weird. I smell pear and strawberry. I don't smell the strawberry, but very, my nose isn't good. So I was going citrus. Yeah, pear and strawberry for me. But you already know. Well, because of the way things worked out in the last month and we had to push it so far, I did the research, but I don't remember it. Oh, okay. I mean, clearly, I'm an expert on Slovenia. (laughs) All right, you ready to taste it? Uh, No. Yes. <laughs> I'm still sticking with my flavors. Still citrus. I think the flavor is kind of light, actually. It, it is extremely light. It doesn't have a whole lot of. It's not. It's not bold at all. No, it's not super sugary sweet. No, in fact, Pinot Grigio usually is very sweet. This tastes more like Sauvignon Blanc to me. I would agree. I still take stick to the flavors though. Pear and strawberry. Okay, so. Is it sweet, dry, or somewhere in between? If dry was a one and sweet's a five. I put three half. It's right in the middle, but a little more sweet than, than dry. I would agree with that. Bitter or acidic? Neither. I would lean slightly towards acidic. Okay. Tart? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. 
Smooth, crisp, or does it have a bite? No bite. Smooth. Really crisp. Yeah, I'd say that too. Let's take another sip real quick, because then we got to describe what we would eat with it. Strawberry shortcake. Like a really flaky bread, like almost like a pound cake almost. I kind of want to say lamb. <laughs> what? I don't know. It, we've had lamb. I know, but lamb is hearty. I don't take this as a hearty wine. I don't take this as it's supposed to be the opposite of what you're eating. I think it's supposed to complement. Okay. I think where lamb is a little, is gamey, this offsets it. That's fair. What score would you give it out of five? A four. Really? Yeah. I'm not a white wine person, but this is not bad. I don't think not bad is a four. So three, six. I would not go and hunt this out. Definitely not a four then. Okay. I would do a three, four. I was going three and a half. I like it. It's good. I'd buy it again if I saw it. Agreed. I'm not going to search stores high and low for it. Agreed. And we should probably drink it in summertime and now it's October. (laughs) It was hot a month ago. It was. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You ready to hear the actual flavor profile? Absolutely. Actual flavor profile. Tasting notes. Lemon blossom, white peach, apricot, lemongrass, and melon. Huh. Way off. Well, not terribly. I, I would put apricot and pear close to each other. I'm going to taste it again. I didn't taste any lemon. I didn't taste any lemon either. I don't like the, what do you pair with it? This is your standard white wine answer. So what, do you, what would you pair with it? Standard white wine answer. Cheeses, sweets, desserts, fish, pasta. Grilled fish or chicken or pasta in a lemon cream sauce. Boo. <laughs> no, I really think lemon pound cake. Would be amazing with this. Okay. Any other notes on the wine? It's 13.5%, so we got to drink it slowly. Okay. Before we bring our special guest in for the topic tonight, I want to talk about one more thing. The last podcast we did was about uh, weight loss, and I thought a lot of the things we talked about were really good, but there were a few things that we didn't talk about. One is intermittent fasting. Which is what we're trying to get to, which we have been trying to stick to. We largely have. Very, very few days, and I mean once a month, am I eating anything before noon. Agreed. Uh, I think the bad habit I've gotten into lately, and this ties into how our update is going, is still having snacks after 8 p.m. Right, Noon to 8 p.m. is our window to eat. And I think the important thing with the intermittent fasting is that just helps drive that rule in your head. Like, I don't, I'm not eating now because I don't need to, I shouldn't. Another thing is we talked about losing weight but we didn't talk about what a reasonable amount was because i think a lot of people out there will want to do a diet and they'll want to drop 10 pounds a week which isn't reasonable unless you weigh 400 pounds there is a a number you can assign to it and you should expect to drop about one to two percent of your weight per week it's really difficult to drop more than two percent right so if you weigh 160 pounds which is roughly where i am you can expect to drop a max of 3.2 pounds per week which i think is reasonable Typically, I'm more like a pound and a half per week. I'm more along the 1% mark. Yeah. I weighed a little bit more for my body weight, so I was losing between one and a half and two and a half pounds a week. I think the other key aspect that I didn't put too much effort into was water consumption. Water is key. A gallon a day is my goal. Mm -hmm. And then the last note I had here was about following recipes and that, you know, you can find recipes out there that say, here, make this and then, you know, it's going to be 300 calories per serving, 
whatever that is. When doing that, always recalculate the calories yourself based on what you actually purchased, right? They don't control, nobody controls what you purchase or what goes into the meal other than you. So make sure you're calculating. A lot of times we'll make the meal, we'll know the total calories, we'll weigh the whole thing and then divide that by however many servings we want, right? Six, eight, 10. And then we know how many calories per serving it is. Any other tips you thought of in the last two months? The other aspect is, from my experience, is I'm going through some uh, changes in my body, uh, and I jumped on hormone treatments, and that drastically has affected both my mood and my cravings. It's harder to maintain the rigor that we were at when I was off that hormone therapy to where I am now. So it's a struggle to keep that that mentality of being rigid and very prescriptive because your body is telling you otherwise. I still think that looking at your vitamins and making sure you're taking in what your body is actually craving and not just the pre-manufactured food to accommodate it, i.e. sugars and gluten and starch, really looking at what your body's craving and supplement with vitamins and natural. You're right. Along those lines, I, I understand it's hard. It's hard to accept what's actually happening, but I think that's key too, right? Don't sugarcoat what's happening. Ex- accept it. And again, it's hard, but deal with it, right? What do I need to change for you? Maybe it is medication. But yeah, don't, don't sugarcoat it and just say it is what it is because that's going to sabotage your journey anyway. Yep. All right. So personally, updates for you. We've been doing this for almost three months. How's it going? Really good. I am down solid, solid seven pounds. Okay. And maintaining seven pounds. Good. So I have numbers for myself. When we started, oh, I I don't know if we talked about seven-day average either. Oh, I haven't updated that spreadsheet yet. I wasn't looking for your seven-day average number, but what I was getting at is I like to use a seven-day average. Oh. Right? So what's my weight for the last seven days? And that's what I call my weight. Because, I mean, your weight can fluctuate. We, we talked about losing 1% to 2% per week, but really your weight can fluctuate more than that, right? Just based on how much you're eating or not eating one day. I can easily drop 5 pounds in a week from my highest to my lowest. But I use that 7-day average to kind of balance it out and give me a, you know, a nice even gauge. And I compare that to the 7-day weight loss from a week ago to, say, to see how much I'm actually losing. So I've been averaging about 1.2 in my 7-day average. But I fell off the wagon about three weeks ago, so. Okay. I'm interested to hear your, or how your journey has gone, because I think it's the same as mine. We started in July. Mm-hmm. I was at 162.6, which is not an unhealthy weight. It's a little on the higher side with the BMI for me, but it's still in the normal range. I didn't want to lose a lot. I just wanted to lose eight pounds, right? Get my average down to 155. We lost quite a bit in the first four weeks. In fact, I brought my average down from 162.6 to 155.4. That was my lowest, so 7.2 pounds. Then we started hitting a few things, right? We hit fair weekend Hmm. up north. Which, by the way, had my best four-miler. Five-miler? Five-miler. That weekend is an excuse for you and I to eat, even though we tried not to with Subway and all that, but it's really an excuse for you and I to eat. The, The foods that we grew up with or had back in college. Funnel cakes. Night food. Yeah. Then the weekend after that was Chicago, moving alley in, and you and I were eating out every night. We had a lot of good meals while we were there. And then Labor Day happened. I don't recall anything crazy happening at Labor Day. 
But then we hit your birthday dinners. Man, even included in there before Chicago was the alley going away dinners. And then we've, we just haven't... Found s- excuses to eat out. Yeah, that's what it is. There have been a lot of meals out lately, which have really slowed it down. So that's what I was going to look up. When I when I did my notes originally, and this was you know two weeks ago or so, I had my weight at 158. Yeah, so my, I start, to, to, comp- to give you clarification, my weight when we started this was 169.8. When that four-week, five-week window right before Allie, I hit 159.2. So I had lost 10-plus pounds in a four-week window, which is which is good. At my BMI, it's not bad. Are you doing looking up, fact-checking me? I'm not fact-checking you. I'm just curious. Ooh, zero divided by 170. I, I rounded the numbers. Sorry if that's offensive. Yeah, so you lost 6% of your body weight in four weeks. Perfect, right? That's what it should be. Right. But then in the next three to four weeks after that, I kept bouncing up. And now I'm settling in at between 161.5 and 162.5, which to me is a win because I've lost seven pounds in maintaining it, even though we're eating crappy and I fell off the wagon of exercising. Yeah, So, if, but if you described it, it would be I lost a lot in four weeks and then I've plateaued for the last two months because we haven't been doing very well. Right. Same thing for me. Lost 7.2 pounds in four weeks. I know I was at 158 point something, and that was my seven-day average, 158 points up. And my current seven-day average is 157.6. So it's up 2.2 pounds. Not ridiculous. Again, I just want to get it back down. But I'm taking this as a win, honestly, because I've tried fads. I've tried different things. This is the first time this is really kind of stuck. And it's the lowest I've been in 10, 12 years. I'm so I'm happy. It, it, it's working for me. But again, what we experience is not a golden ticket. Find your own. Mostly. I'm still a firm believer in calories in, calories out. I know you are. And also, not the not the macronutrients, but definitely leaning away from carbs. Lean towards mostly protein, healthy fats. But again, healthy fats can still carry calories, so beware. Anything else you want to give on weight loss since the last time? A couple of my girlfriends have started going gluten-free and they all have experienced less bloating and have lost weight. I didn't know this. Yeah. So Michelle went gluten-free and she lost 20 pounds. So Michelle... Oh, yes. Not the Michelle we hang out with all the time. Right. The Michelle that we know is... I don't know if we want to say that, but... I'm... Well, you can use the BMI. She's certainly overweight. She's probably in the obese category. Correct. So she's started cutting out some of the gluten... Annie cut out gluten because she, she has digestive issues to begin with, but we had been talking about how much it's been helping me. I was able to start eating regular and enjoying my food again and enjoying going out to dinner, knowing what I could and could not eat. She agreed. The bloating, the sleeplessness has gone away. So it, it's, I really think gluten is, oh, when I was talking to my doctor when I went in for my ear infections. My doctor agrees. She says that the U.S. does something in their processing of their food that's causing the gluten to spike abnormally. She said she went to Europe, and just like we said when we went to Europe, the food there is amazing. It's not processed. It's it's fresh. It's grown. It's not manufactured and then reproduced or distributed out. Just different. So it doesn't hurt your system, but... It still has the calories. It does we, still have We most the... certainly still gain weight when we go to Oh, Europe. yeah, we do. But it doesn't hurt me in the long run. It's easier to lose that weight after the word. It doesn't stick to my body like it does. Oh, maybe. 
Yeah. Easier to, to digest as well. All right. Now you're good on weight loss. Yeah. Okay. One more note before we bring in our special guest, because I forgot to cover it. We said three and a half for our score for the wine. Mm-hmm. There is no Vivino score. There aren't even enough consumers of this wine to mm-hmm. give it a rating on, on Vivino. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's okay. It, it's still good wine. It's really, it's probably, I, I'm not a big fan of Pinot Grigio usually. It's usually really sweet and sugary. That's what I was, it doesn't, Chris usually hate Pinot Grigios as well yes. for the same reason. That's what I thought. I, this one's, the, this this one's palatable. One's, yeah. This is more leaning toward a Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. You ready to bring our special guest? Absolutely. All right. Tonight, Liz brought the topic for conversation. Can you introduce the topic and our special guest? Tonight's topic is 11 Epcot World Case Showcase. Let's try again. Tonight's topic is the 11 Epcot World Case Showcase countries. <laughs> Wait, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> Tonight's topic is the countries around the world at Epcot at Disney. And our special guest is? Mr. Theodore Heyman. Hello. So specifically <laughs> with these countries, we're talking about drink around the world, right? Absolutely. And then some additional things that... So the reason that we invited Teddy to come talk to us is he gives it from a perspective of a child that's tagged along with his adult counterpoints drinking around the world. What is drinking around the world? Okay. So drinking around the world is visiting all of the different countries at the future world. It's future world, right? No. World Showcase. World Showcase. Okay. It's drinking at each one of the countries within the World Showcase at Disney's Epcot Studios. <laughs> oh, not it's not Epcot Studios. <laughs> it's drinking around the world. At World Showcase at Epcot. Correct. It's really hard to do sometimes because it's a lot, a lot of walking and it's usually really hot and a lot of people don't do it right because they don't drink water in between each country. Okay, how many countries are there? 11. All right. So what's the goal of our conversation here? Is to showcase what we enjoy drinking there, what's available in that country, and then a kid's perspective to keep them occupied while their parents are drinking. And we usually start from the Mexico side. One of the interesting things that I found, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but the countries that start and end the showcase are Mexico and Canada. It's on purpose. Is it on purpose? Yeah. Okay. They are the international gateway to the rest of the world. For the U.S.? Yes. I thought that, I didn't realize that, but I thought it was really interesting. That's why the shops in the middle between them are called international gateway. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Okay. So Epcot is positioned around a man-made lagoon, and we are going to start for this episode from Mexico and make our way through each of the countries to Canada. Only NASCAR fans start in Canada. <laughs> Why? Why do you say that? Because then turn left all the way around the World Showcase Lagoon. <laughs> all right. So for this purpose, we are going to start in Mexico. So in Mexico, our favorite drink is margarita time. We like to drink margaritas in Mexico. Yes. Yes. So there are two options, or actually now three options, where you can get margaritas. You can go out to the restaurant out front of the pavilion. The little quick service restaurant? Yes. Okay. Or there is another, oh, only because of all the food and wine extravaganza that they've been having. They started a new tequila bar just to the left of the pavilion itself. Which only does margaritas, right? Yes. 
And then inside the pavilion is a tequila bar where we get our margaritas. My favorite margarita there is an avocado margarita, where you first think that sounds really disgusting, but it's absolutely delicious. It has a avocado, mashed up half avocado with the tequila and margarita mix, as well as a spicy salt on the rim. Okay. I agree. That's I like it there, too. I like the same drink. So as we're enjoying our margaritas... Well, go ahead. I mean, they have a lot of specialty margaritas there, right? I, oh, I, yeah. I don't expect you to list them. I don't expect you to have them handy, but... Uh, one of them is a blood orange. We've tried that one. Mm. We have also... Blood orange is pretty good. It's a pretty good drink. Yep. There's another one that our friend Gary enjoys having just shots of tequila there. Sure. <laughs> I recommend not starting out with shots right away because you have 10 other countries you have to visit. I do recommend just sticking to the margaritas. So, as your parents are drinking margaritas, what do you think you should be doing, Teddy? I think you should be doing DuckTales. What's DuckTales? DuckTales is about the ducks, you know, Scrooge McDuck. Okay, what is it? Is it a game? Yeah. Okay, so it's a game that you play on on your device? On your device. Disney app, and you go around the world. In Mexico, I love how they made a little flower for the bird that was in the cage because he doesn't work anymore. Okay, so what's the point of the game? Is to grab every... the. Does it give you clues? It gives clues about where you're supposed to be looking. Okay, so you go around in the pavilion itself in the, yeah. the specific country and the app gives you clues to direct you to the next item within that country so you're exploring that country as you're going through this game yeah there's like four different little uh scenes and they're all randomized so you can get in different art like you can get volcano laser and Debbie, or do I, I don't remember. It's Webby. Webby. Webby gets out of the pot, and I can see her. It should be a light on her. But while you're playing on the app, you're interacting with the environment around yeah. you via the app, and things are happening. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. And sometimes it gives you a little quiz about, like, actual things. Oh, so you're learning. Yeah. What are some of the things that you interact with in the Mexico Pavilion? In the shop... Or there's a guitar or a ukulele, I think. Uh, those, uh, like, start moving and then play a song. I don't know what the song is. It's okay. And then it, this is all randomized. Then we got the laser, and then we have to activate the volcano by ourselves. I'd rather have the laser activate the volcano already, because that's infuriating. <laughs> infuriating. <laughs> and somebody shoots out of the volcano, right? No? No, it just shoots out of me. Oh, gotcha. And then uh, at the end... Uh, then Webby, of course. Mm. We already talked so, about that. So one to five, scale of one to five, where one is meh, five is awesome. How I, would you rate the environment interactions I, at Mexico? I would say like four, three. What? Really? That high? Mexico, I think, is kind of lame. Yeah, because it's like a small area to have in- interactions. That's That's a good insight. I would give it a two, maybe even a one. No, I actually agree with him. I think setting off the volcano in front of the the, the restaurant is kind of neat. All right. So one of the things that is a nostalgia at Disney 
is the ride that's in the Mexican pavilion. Oh. I don't think we talk about the rides on this. Okay. We'll s- no, just drinking and what do the kids do while we're drinking. Okay. okay. I, I want to talk about the All right, so margar- er, margaritas. At Mexico, we like to drink the margaritas that are inside in the pyramid. Mm-hmm. Crap, what was the name of the restaurant? I thought you just had it. Oh, for the, the tequila? Yeah. It is La Caba del Tequila. The seller of tequila? I don't know. But it samples over a hundred different types of tequila, and you can learn about it. its history in this tequila cave. The cave of tequila. It's cave of tequila. That That's would, what it is. That makes more sense. Our, our Spanish-speaking <laughs> friends are going to be so mad. Yeah, like Mordo. <laughs> so <laughs> we're speaking about where she lives. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Okay, so real uh, quick, what is the character that that you can see? At the pavilion. You mean like... In Outside. All... So if you want to take pictures with the characters. No? Uh, we don't want to talk about no, them? No. You're going to be here it, all day. Okay. It, that's off topic. At, oh, <laughs> I got at, at Mexico, we drink margaritas from La Cava de Tequila. Mm-hmm. And the kids do the DuckTales game at Mexico. Yes. All right. So yeah. moving on. Next country. The next country is Norway. Don't remember that place. Really? Just give me like give me an idea. Well, there's there's nothing to do there for the kids really. That's no, there is Ducktales there. No, there's not. Uh, yeah. Can you show me a picture of where that spot? It is? says Ducktales World Showcase available. Name one thing they do. Is I, that we have never played the Ducktales game there, or Kim Possible, or Phineas and Ferb. It's never been there. Okay. No, no, you mean like Norway where where Anna and Elsa are? Oh yes, there is. There's a Ducktales there. Okay. So, okay, there you go. So our favorite drink at Norway is... Kevin, what do you drink at Norway? I like to get the Einstock Porter. The Porter is my favorite as well. However, Gary is... We've done the... What is it called? There's a tradition of... The Aquavit Glacier Shot. Yes. And true Norwegian heroes drink this, right? Yeah, I mean, we're going to blur lines here, but I, I think you're considered masculine... If you can say skull, do the shot, and not react to it for five seconds, ten seconds. I think. We have a couple videos of it. It's pretty much the burning wine shot that you get in Iceland. Yeah. Burnt wine. It's it's okay. I like the porter better. The porter is really tasty. But we can get the porter here in Westerville. But I that's. <laughs> but I still like it. It's still a good porter. Um, I think the problem here is, and we haven't talked about it yet, so you and I have drank around the world a couple times. My first time was on accident, which maybe we'll get to that later, but not right now. I think one of the keys to drinking around the world is not mixing liquor and beer. Oh, yeah. And also, I think it's sticking to the liquor. Because I think Disney waters down their liquor. I don't think they're putting as much into the drinks as they should. Whereas with beer, you can't fake it. That's true. Right? You're, you're getting the alcohol that came brewed in that beer. So, in Norway, obviously your dad didn't know there were ducktails available. So, tell us about the ducktails oh. there. It's all Van Rise, of course. Um, same, kind of like Mexico, but not not in Mexico. Okay, so what are the key factors that occur? Where are the key pieces that occur in Norway? This is all I can remember. First, uh, there you know that troll and like that's outside of the store. His face, it's like a lid. It's and impossible to see, but it opens up and shows its robot. And then inside that store, uh, you have to ask an employee. I don't remember the words, but it's something, something Louis needs, a, needs this. 
Oh, so you actually have to interact with the people yeah. in the in the pavilion. And you get a and you get a card and you keep it forever. Oh, that's kind of cool. Why I have we never noticed this? I'm sure Teddy has this souvenir. No. Yeah, I can I can grab it. No, 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 it's no. okay. Okay. That's a good, interesting tidbit, Teddy. I'm not, it's I'm a not. it's a free souvenir. That's cool. That is really free, neat. Free souvenir at Norway for playing the Ducktales game. Pretty awesome, and dude. And then at, exactly at the end, you go to the waterfall. And that waterfall, it stops at a Pacific uh, part. And a then Pacific part? Pacific. Specific. I can't say words. Specific. <laughs> not, we're not talking about the ocean. <laughs> I can't tell which one's which. Okay. okay. That was awesome. Keep going. Um, I'm sorry. And uh, it shows a sword. It's red and it shines. It was hard to see because we were like close. It was night when we did this. What's the significance of that sword? I don't Do you remember? Oh, I we might I, have to look that up then. I don't remember the name, but it was amazing to watch. Oh, cool. Okay, so we'll pay attention next time we're in Norway. You guys have to do the DuckTales. <laughs> so you can experience I, it. With I, I enjoy the DuckTales. I enjoy the interactions with the environment. I it's, really it's didn't fun. know Norway had yeah. one. I remember, this is ba- almost off topic, but in Mexico, I remember when it was, when it was finished, some burb. And in Mexico, at Dr. Doofensmirch, I can't say, I don't, he fires the laser, and then, which activates the volcano. Okay. So just to clarify, they've rebranded this game or this app. A few times. A few times. It was Kim Possible at first. When Allie was a kid. <laughs> when Allie was little. And then it became Finis and Ferb. And now it is DuckTales. And another thing I remember was... Uh, in one of the stories in the windows, Perry the Platypus stops uh, different merch from making every like the city into ocean. I remember, mm, okay. and then makes the window flood with water. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, so at at Norway, you either have the burning wine shot, the Aquavit glacier shot, or, or the porter, or drink beer. Yeah, and I I like the porter. Again, mixing in liquor and beer is bad, especially drink around the world. We'll yeah, talk there's about not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of good wine there, so it, I agree with Kevin. Uh, stick to the either the beer or the liquor. The liquor is one and done. Don't have to do it every time. It's it's not fantastic. And the interactions in the environment with the Ducktales game are meh. <laughs> okay, moving on. Next country. But you do get a free souvenir. Free souvenir. Oh, another. If you get like kind uh, these two. Uh, or this, like, card, it has all the stickers of flowers and, and mm. like, fruit. Okay, so we're going to go off topic there. That's yeah. a food and wine festival. We're not going down that path. Yeah, I know. Okay, so the next country in the order is China. This is my favorite. This is my favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay, tell us why. Oh, um, first uh, for us was it led us to a spot we had to enter our birthday, which was my birthday. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say. Good. And it showed it was like start, it will start spinning like a spinner kind of, but not like it, not the animals are spinning. But there's lights where it shows like it's spinning, and it, it stops where uh, on an animal. If that animal is what kind of animal you are, like. A snake, a dragon. Oh, your astrological animal. Yeah. No, it's birth year for China. Oh. Birth okay. years are aligned to animals. And then at the end, which we uh, um, we had to go through this uh, t- like little path, like a little bridge. Uh huh. 
and I got scared because I didn't because there was crickets and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> it was like the exact same day as we did Norway. Okay. And it took about like five, six minutes for this one thing. The water st- like started to, and there was little, this little creature that took a while to rise and slow and slowly goes down again. Oh, so it, it emerges from the water yeah. to correlate to your birth year no 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 it's monkey oh it's, it's just a it's yeah. always yep. a monkey mm-hmm. uh they say in dialogue i think i remember they say oh no all the luck is, all the luck is out so and someone else else has it so they had they grab it and everything gets restored okay he's a monkey side conversation before we move on to drinks at china my animal for my birth year is the horse Okay. Why is <laughs> <laughs> Teddy laughing? <laughs> okay, what is mine? Well, horse is personality traits, animated, active, energetic. Animated is not you. But active and energetic. Yes. 120%. Yeah, agreed. What, what is what is? Snake? Hold on. So mom's is monkey. Okay. Which Liz's monkey, which is sharp, smart, and curiosity. I would agree with that, that assessment. That explains a lot. <laughs> And Teddy's is snake. For what? Enigmatic. What does enigmatic mean? (laughs) You can't even say it. I can't even say it. Definition of enigmatic. Difficult to interpret or understand. Mysterious. (laughs) Enigmatic. Intelligent. Wise. Mm. Those are all Teddy. Absolutely. All right. So drinking at China. I have two drinks that I go for, but this is your topic. I have the tipsy duck. Okay. And the tinsang. Ting Tao. Yeah, you're right. Ting Sao. <laughs> I found, dude, I found that in at Brewporium the other day. Yeah, it's Chinese Budweiser. Yeah. It's yeah. not uncommon. So what's in the Tipsy Duck? It is uh, chocolate liqueur. Definitely oh. chocolate. I don't know if it's chocolate liqueur. I think it's a chocolate liqueur. It's coffee, tea, bourbon, and chocolate. I think it's a chocolate liqueur. It might be. Oh, it's delicious. Tastes like a chocolate shake. No, not a chocolate shake because it, it it's served on ice. It's it's liquid. It's it's less viscous than chocolate milk. Yes, but it goes down so smoothly that you don't yeah, know you're drinking it. But it's more viscous than water. So it's somewhere between the viscosity is somewhere between water and chocolate milk. This is where it goes sideways though, is because you have tequila in and this is where sometimes people go sideways is you have tequila in Mexico. Then you go to the burnt wine in Norway, and then you go straight to the bourbon with the tipsy duck in China. So the burnt wine you can't fake because it's all liquor. But we'll we'll get to this at the end. I'm pretty sure they're watering down the tipsy duck and they're watering down the margarita. Okay. But yes, China. The other if you're if I'm not getting the tipsy duck, we're getting it. I'm getting Tsingtao. Yeah. Which is Chinese Budweiser. Yeah. And it is absolutely. It's just a pilsner. It's, I think so. It might be a lager. Yeah. It's it's I'm, nothing spectacular. So that's a lot of fun. The next one is... Ask Teddy. What comes after China? Japan? Don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember. Oh, really? It's Germany. You don't it's, remember Germany? Oh, hold on. We didn't ask him about... Oh, we did ask We him. did. We talked about... Okay, so in Germany, what are the kids doing in Germany? Oh, uh, I remember this one. The first thing is do, uh, Dewey, Louie, or, or... Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Uh, one of them that is in a blue... In a blue I don't remember. I don't remember either. Um, I just want to say, they're like the three caballeros. Okay. He got sent back in time because of the, uh, one of the villains grabbed the thing, grabbed the, like, little stone, 
they try to get back, but then uh, one of the kids gets sent back in time, which then they get a the people that are like in present time. I get a call and then it sings a little song. These okay, so so hold on before you go into like all the details so the kids can experience it themselves. What are the major things that you want to see? So and we know that. If I'm being honest, I, I think even from a kid's perspective, the stories from all these pavilions are meh. The stories are just okay, right? Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather see the, the The environment interactions are what makes the game fun. Yeah, that's, all I, want, that's all I want to see. Okay, so what are the three favorite things out of this that the environment you see after you trigger the game? In Germany. Oh, so we had these mugs after, like, you know, one of the kids, and then get, get the call. Um, that's what, that's, uh, we get these mugs that started singing. And as a kid was walking out, they started singing the song. <laughs> I burst out laughing. <laughs> the Steins, you're talking about. Yeah, and the, the Steins. The, go, the Steins are my, yeah, the Steins are my favorite thing of all the World Showcase events. You, when you trigger it, the Steins sing, right? The lids are going up and down, and they're, they're doing a song. And it's, and it's unexpected, it, though. It always captures the attention of people that are in the room and have no idea what's going yeah. on. The neat thing about these interactions is you can keep re-triggering them over and over and over again. <laughs> that's right? what that's we, did, we did like four different times. Oh, we were doing this when Allie was your age, yeah. when, when it was Kim Possible, because it was the same thing. The Steins would sing and they'd... I yeah. think we had a, a, a guy that stopped and he was just in awe. He was like, grabbed his wife. He's like, you gotta see this. <laughs> Sorry. And like it, it started sprinkling in Florida, I, where we were. I remember that. But it's, it was it, it always sprinkles in Florida for a hot minute. But the Steins are your favorite part about Germany, yeah. right? Any any other interactions from Germany that you remember? Uh there's two more things. Uh, that's all I remember uh, because you said like three. I'm gonna get in super deep detail. I uh, I remember this uh, quiz where I said, uh, "What does the Nutcracker, the big one, uh, have to its spot? Is it a pretzel?" Something, uh, three other things that I remember. I clicked, because I saw, I was like, oh, this is so super easy. I clicked pretzel, I don't the answer. Then you click the interaction, the present opens from under the nutcracker that was big. It says twelve twenty-five, Which oh. is what? Which is Christmas. Yeah. Mm. I, so, uh, you're right, that's a good point we haven't even talked about. So part of the fun of the game is when you're going from place to place in the pavilion, you need to be looking for information so you can put that information into the app and move forward and proceed with the quest. It's not just putting buttons. You actually have to gather the information and put it in. It's not like interact, 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 and like you don't get to see it because you're away. It's not like that. It's just like uh, you actually had to see it to do it. Right. Yep. Okay. Then after the present opens, you got to put on a color in because it's not like interaction, interaction. It's like that. You, actually you have, have to. It's a puzzle. Yeah, it's a puzzle, and it, you have to point the code, and like it's also super easy because it's twelve twenty-five. <laughs> I really like that, Teddy. That uh, it's it's forcing you to learn about the country in order to play the game. All the countries do that. Yeah. we just didn't cover it till now. So another thing, remember that? Remember those uh, people were in Car- Pirates of Caribbean, where uh, one of, one of the pirates gets chased by a lady trying to smack him with a broom. Oh, yeah, so it, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of like that. They yeah. chase them around the, the clock tower, right? Yeah, and the clock tower, because Donald gets chased because he's sent back in time and grabs the stone, and then a woman comes, it's like a little doll. <laughs> she starts trying to get him with a hammer, because, like, 
you know, it got hit the bell with a hammer to like yep. ding, ding. <laughs> That's a really fun pavilion for DuckTales. Uh, as adults, we enjoy it quite a bit because of the interaction of the, the, the signs. Steins, yeah. So drinking, the Dunkle is to go, a go-to. I get my... I mean, it's, it's the beer. It's the beer. I, I can't even name a liquor drink at Germany. Or even wine. No, because we always just get beer. That's what yeah. Germany is. The only thing I was thinking while we were talking is Germany has the Schlurferhofer. Schlurferhofer? Yeah, that's all right. Oh, yeah. The, the, Which is the, the grapefruit beer. Oh, that one was on really hot days. That's amazing. Also, it's half a beer. So it's it's that falls in the 2.5% for alcohol content. So if you need something to get by that says, yes, I drank at the, the pavilion, but I'm going to you know hold back on my alcohol, Schlurferhofer is a good option. Absolutely, especially on hot days. It's just refreshing. No, not not for you and me. You and I are sticking to Dunkel. Dunkel. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I wish I could be drinking what you guys get to drink because then I could actually experience it. But I'm too young for it. Yep. And Germany's the pavilion where the kids look at me funny for speaking in German to the people serving. Uh, because one of the things about Epcot is when they hire people to work at the pavilions, they focus on students that are from those countries. Yeah. So a lot of the people working in Germany, Pavilion, are from Germany. Same with Norway, same with Mexico. All right, anything more on Germany? No, it's just one of my favorite. That's one of the things that we end up staying there for quite a bit of time. Because of the signs. Yes. All right, <laughs> next country after Germany, Teddy, is? It looks like a boot. And it has a lot of wine. I don't know. Italy. I don't know my states with that. that it's okay. not a state, it's a country. I don't think there's uh, DuckTales in Italy. I don't think so. Uh, Probably why you don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, there is no duck. Oh, no, there is DuckTales there. There <gasps> is? Yes. I don't remember it. Don't remember either. I don't think there was originally. I think they added it in. Maybe. So Ted, never Teddy saw- doesn't remember it. None of us remember it. We can't talk about it. Okay. So just drinking in Italy. Wine. Wine. And more wine. There is an alternative. Out front, in their little pop-up stand or whatever, you can get a peach bellini. Oh, Yes. The Bellinis there are awesome. They have a red one there. It's a rosé Bellini. No, I'm thinking France. But either way, again, because you can't fake wine. You can't water it down. But they can water down a peach Bellini. I would go that route. Yeah, just, Wait, to, just to try something different. Is Italy that one place where there's uh, these all these uh, masks? I no, you're, I think you're thinking France as well. Is no, that's not France. Morocco? There's like these like little white spot like these white Oh things. the yes, you're right, dude. They do have the the sculptures, the living the living uh statues. They haven't done those in years. No, they did last summer. Okay, then like they they definitely added that because I never saw an an Italy one. They do have the wine cellar in Italy. Yeah. That's brand new over the last three or four years. Ten years. Has it been ten years? <sighs> yeah. It's a little off the beaten path of the World Showcase. It is the wine cellar. I do recommend that. It is a little pricey. However, you can do flights of wine. You can try some good appetizers there. It's really enjoyable. And you can try different wines that are not the mainstream wines that they sell on those little offshoots. All right. Next country after Italy. Quit rushing. Well, and what else are you going to talk about with Italy? I don't know. It's it's either wine or peach bellini. There's no um, there's apparently game for the, games for the kids. Excuse me, but we don't remember it. Okay, so after Italy, Teddy, what comes next? It's the middle of the world showcase, halfway between Mexico and Canada. I don't know where. I only okay. know like hold on around 
United States. Listen to the... There you go, honey. What, oh. <laughs> what is between Mexico and Canada? United States. Which there is, you go. <laughs> there's no ducktails there, I can swear. Yeah, there's not much there. So drinking in the United States? We tend to skip this a little bit, don't we? No, you can't. You can't finish drink around the world. Oh, we can't. But beer. we get, yeah, we usually get beer. And the thing that strikes me with this one is they carry the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. Is that right? Yes. Which is 10% alcohol. It's really heavy. Like, don't do that. Don't do that if you're trying to drink around the world. But they, they carry a few different craft beers. A lot of Pilsners. And IPAs. But yeah, the, we usually look at the craft beers and try and pick out one we drink, or one we drink, one we like. Yeah. I'm more of the ambers and the dark beers. We the both pil- are. Yeah. But Pilsners are okay there. There's Land Grant and... Um, There's not Land Grant. I thought there was Land Grant. Land there. Grant is a Columbus-based company. They're not at Epcot. I really thought there was. Nope. Definitely not. Okay. My bad. What what beer do we normally get there? I don't remember. It's because it's, I think half of them are Florida-based. Oh, you're right. It's just picking out what you know type I'm in the mood for at that time. Yeah, and it's usually just a Pilsner. It's not an IPA. We'd refuse to drink IPAs there. Too hoppy. Yeah. All right. After United States, Teddy? Give me like a starting letter. J. J. Japan. That is correct. It, that is, wait, no. China's my second favorite. Japan's my favorite. Why? Because I remember this one guy. He, he was right under like the chimes. And so in DuckTales, it tried acting like it's a wind coming. And so it started like hitting the little things. So acting. like wind chimes? Yeah. And the guy under it said, ooh, that was kind of refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> so I left. And then inside the store. What's the name of the store? I don't remember. Oh, really? It's a fun name to say. What's the name of the store? <gasps> Michikachi. Close. Mitsukoshi. Mitsukoshi. Which is, which is the oldest department store in the world. Really? Yeah. I mean, not the one in Epcot, but it's named after the oldest department store in the world. The, why I say my, Japan's my favorite is because uh, there's this little like stand with, where the dinosaur, like, it, it has something dinosaur, I don't know. King oh. Kong versus Godzilla? Yeah. In Mitsukoshi? Uh, no, it's I said kinda. Oh, okay. And then a robot version of Webby comes up bef- above it so no one can see like the trap door. Okay. And the Webby starts dan- dan- like wiggling left to right facing you and has red eyes, which scared me. I don't know why. And then it stops, and then his eyes turn green, which it has a skull in its hand, which is the end. So that's your favorite interaction in Japan? Yeah. Okay. So in Japan, what do we drink? Well, you got to go for sake. They used to have a sake bar back there, but they don't have that anymore. They still have the sake bar. Really? It's just not inside. It's moved a couple times. It's now outside. Okay. So the sake bar is a lot of fun. Because? Because you can get different types of sake. Hot, cold, sweet, dry, all sorts of different types. Yeah, I imagine if you want to get beer in Japan, there's probably a place to do it, but I don't think I ever have. What's the most common beer in Japan? I don't think I go for beer in Japan at that point. What? Have you never had Japanese beer? I don't think I've had Japanese beer. I've always not had even sake. at a what's the Kona Grill? No, I always go sake. Never had sake bombs? <gasps> oh, sake bombs! Yes, it comes with beer, and it's Kirin. There you go. I'm pretty sure you can find Kirin there. I just have never tried. It's always sake. Yeah, sake is. Small, warm it's wine. Ri- rice wine. Rice wine, yes, but small and it's warm. It can be cold. I've never had it chilled. I've had it chilled at the sushi bar up by work. 
Okay, so not in Epcot. No, but right. it, you can get it served ice chilled and warm, hot. It's just how you want to flavor it. All right. Anything else we want to talk about with Japan? Oh, uh, DuckTales. I remember uh, there's this little place where there's all this water. I think there's an interruption or there's... I just remember it. I bet you just remember it, dude. Yeah. That's, uh, somebody got Fushi. Oh, we did. We got Fushi for food and wine at the that kids. point. Yes, Can the kids did. Uh, no. No. That's off topic. No. No, he can talk about it. I'm kidding. He can t- <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- uh, I shoved a piece into my mouth, like uh, the entire thing. Instant gr- regret. <laughs> hated the. Hated because the- frushi was sushi made with fruit instead of raw fish. fish. Yes. Yeah. I don't like frushi either. I don't think you like the rice wrapped around it. No, I think that's what it is. I like rice. But is the texture was probably what three? No, it's just the taste of like the outside. The really. Rubbing. I don't know what they they made that out of. The girls he, got it. When he gets his expander off, we'll take him to Fusion. See if okay. he likes anything there. Okay. Okay. Separate separate conversation, not Disney related at all. Okay. All right. So the next one is. Can you name it? It's really kind of offbeat. We don't stop there very often, but I get one drink there all the time. It doesn't come up in the news. It's not very famous. Give me it's a starting letter. M. It's famous because it's the only country during the fireworks that does not light up. And that's due to religious relig- religious reasons. Mm, I don't know. I don't know any states with the start country, with M. Country. A country that starts with M. It's because we don't other, really stop there very often. Other than... It's the northwest corner of Africa. Can I say, I don't know any other states, any countries that start with an M other than Mexico. Mm. Michigan. <laughs> it's a state, not a country, honey. Morocco. Do you not remember Morocco? It's where you get the henna, the fake tattoos. So Teddy has never gotten the henna. Oh, that's that was, true. That was Allie. Okay. And there's not... A, what do you drink there? There's not a whole lot. Oh, I get the daiquiris there. They have right. the frozen daiquiris there. The juice bar at yeah. that Spice Road table. Yeah, because I can get the daiquiris and then go get for my henna right there. You have never gotten the henna either. I have too. You've gotten the henna? Absolutely. I have pictures with Allie and I both having henna. What did you get? I got it on my wrist or my arm. Okay. Teddy, do you know what henna is? It is a semi-permanent tattoo that is has stems in religious offerings. A lot of women do it when they get married. True. And Well, that's India. I don't know about it, Morocco. But that's where I've seen henna mostly. It comes from leaves. And I don't know how it works exactly, but the, it, the leaves are able to stain the skin and you can put patterns on your skin and it eventually fades away. Just like tattoos. It, tempor- it, temporary tattoo. Yeah. So we had Allie do it a couple times. I really enjoy doing it because if you ever want a tattoo and you want to see how it feels and looks, absolutely do it. She didn't do it this last trip, did she? She did not. Oh, we should have had her and Marta do it. Darn it. So, so that I do get the daiquiris there. It, so by this point in time, you are well into your around the world, and you're just trying to finish it at this point in time. I think we're probably seven seven pavilions in. One, two, three, four. I'm just counting. What's, there's five. only three left. Yeah. That's number eight. It has to be oh. number eight, right? So, so by this point in time, you should be feeling pretty good. And I really, really want to lean in between each pavilion. Please chug a bottle of water. If not, you're going to be hurt in the next day. Well, again, you're drinking daiquiris here, and I'm convinced, and we'll tell stories here in a few minutes, 
I'm convinced that Disney waters down their liquor drinks. And that's fair. Anyways, all right. Uh, is Teddy, there any DuckTales in there? No. We, no. we already said that. There uh, is DuckTales, but we've never accomplished them. In Morocco? Yeah. I do enjoy walking back no. in the, the little alleyways they have back there. It's it's really immersive. And window shopping. I don't, yeah. I've never purchased anything. What? No what? There, I've never seen Morocco. Disagree. It says there's DuckTales. We just have to find them. That's why we have to go back but next year. When, when, <laughs> but when you're playing the app, it usually picks a country at random for you to start at. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like you get to pick Mexico, Norway, you China. You can. Yeah, you can. You can, you can pick. I thought it'd give you three options. No, it never did. You could have, yeah, I picked the countries. We went to that country. So you could go in order. You could go clockwise if you wanted to. Exactly. Yeah, you can. You can go one, three, seven, two, five. Okay, so maybe we'll come back to this after Canada. But when you get done, isn't there like some master mission to do? No. You've just done them all. Yeah. Okay, so you can't. I think, I think you can't finish without doing all of them. But yeah. you've finished it before, and you're saying you don't remember ever doing Mar- Morocco. No. Nor, nor do I remember doing Morocco. I think it was because it was when it was Phineas and Ferb, and it was not fully fleshed out. DuckTales now has all those additions. We finished all the quests four months ago. Did you? We did, yeah. Yeah, they may have added. In the last four months, I doubt it. I think your documentation got lazy. And not you got lazy. I think the documentation you're referencing got lazy. Okay. I don't think there is DuckTales at Morocco. All right, so slushies, no. at, slushies at Morocco, no DuckTales. Next country is? Mom's favorite. Don't know. Who, what is mom's favorite Disney movie ever? Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And what country is Beauty and the Beast from? What is potentially your mom's favorite city to visit in the world? We took Allie there last year. It wouldn't be my favorite city in the world. Or two years ago. I've never heard. I've never. Oh, it's my favorite city to visit. I've never heard where Beauty and the Beast took place. Okay, forget Beauty and the Beast for a minute. Cities your mom has been to in the world outside the United States. What do you think is her favorite? France. It is. Okay. I love me some Paris. Just (laughs) let you know, there is no Ducktales. But let me continue my story from earlier. What about France? I remember this one time when we were talking about uh, students where they focus on students from that country. So I didn't know that they took like France or uh, people from France to Disney to work there. And so when I got on the Remy the Remy ride, I didn't know that. I said, "Oh, wee wee wee." <laughs> oh, you were and making I, a joke. And then. A little kind of ins- yeah, Al- Allie, Then Allie said, hey, don't say that. There's actual French people. Yes, again, Epcot tries to employ people from the country that is represented. So we to have to be the- very cognizant of people around us and can't be insensitive, correct? And the French already seem to hate America. <laughs> but France is my favorite place to stop by. It's my favorite place to see fireworks. It's my favorite place. Mm place just to sit and relax only because they have real artists that paint and draw right there they have tons of streetscapes uh or street performances they have the pastry shop there and my favorite drink of all time can you name it the grand marnier slushy it is yeah 
We used to think the French pavilion looked amazing until we actually went to France. And now it, it looks like a, I want to, I want to use the half, butt phrase, like, I don't know, no better word, but it looks like a bad movie set. You can say it cause you can bleep it out. But Teddy's here. I'm not going to use it. No. But yeah, the Grand Marnier flush, flush, slush. I don't even know if they have beer there. Like, again, I imagine you can find 1664, but I haven't looked for it. No, between the uh, the orange slushy, which is what I call it, and they now have a rosé slushy there, which is amazing. And then the pastry shop. It's just ideal. It, it's very well decorated. It's soothing. It has a lot of interactions. I just love France. Paris, I could spend weeks, months, maybe a year in Paris and still not feel like I've seen everything. Oh, yeah, you can't. Don't forget about the uh, food we had there. That was amazing. What food did we have there? We had this food where there's like uh, jelly, Nutella. I don't know. You, Allie, and me were having it. I would have piece by piece. That was in Germany. That was the Belgian waffles no. with Nutella on it. No, we were in France. We got it from France. Then we sat down in France. I mean, Nutella is very French, but I don't remember what he's talking about. I don't either. I remember the ice cream it, sandwiches from years like, ago that you like, and Allie and I had that were not good because it was ice cream and bread. All right. Do they have ducktails there? No. Wait. No. Yes is not my favorite. It's actually kind of bad. Okay. There's like uh, this little thing where uh, it's like very small. You have to look in the window and it was day. The sun's son was uh, pointing towards the window, so we it was hard to see. Allie had to like have something to cover it. Oh, okay. And we saw it. It was not great. It was like, it showed a light, kind of like a satellite dish. Okay. Uh, appeared out of it and started spinning, and the light turned off. Done. It's like kind of lame. Yeah, and then at the end, Huey, Dewey. Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Wait, I'm trying to remember which one's in the green. But the one in green gets chased by a person. I don't remember, I don't remember any villain. They run from one, and you're going to see him go off the zip line. And then at the end, if you look away, if you, like they think you're going to be looking away, he'll come right, he'll go right back up the zip line. So we do have ducktails there. It's just kind of lame. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. That stinks. France is my favorite place to drink. I, I could stay there all day long and find something new. I don't even remember ducktails there. That's. Hmm. You weren't there. i think i've been to the french pavilion (laughs) all right okay moving on from france what's next teddy you won't know this one sure you will you have to go across a couple bridges to get to the next country it's where the ducks attack not the duck tails ducks actual real ducks united kingdom it's the uk it's the rose and crown it's one of our it's kevin's favorite there is no duck tails there really isn't there no I thought there would be a final mission there. I nope. thought there was one there. Yeah, I would have expected it too. There's a lot Alice, of real Alice estate in, to use. Yeah, Alice in Wonderland out back in the back with Winnie the Pooh. And okay. I didn't enjoy I'd, that place. I believe Teddy. Okay. Okay, so there's really nothing for the kids to do in the UK other than window shop, right? That's what we're saying. Okay, so drinking, Liz? Oh, it's a resin crown all over. Well, yes and no, but go ahead. It used to be, we used to have, oh my God, why can I not remember my beer? I used to get that beer all the time. It used to be the cider. Oh, Strongbow. Strongbow. That ruined me. We used to get Strongbow there, and it was the original 
that was from the UK, yes. and they imported it. And then, but it's changed back now, so it doesn't matter. But has it changed back? Yeah, yeah. Sherry gets a, a giant eagle. Well, she used to. She, she used could. to, but it hasn't changed back at, at Epcot yet. I thought it never changed to begin with. It did. It did. Okay. It did. It was the golden apple. You loved Strongbow. Yes. They changed the formula for America. You hated it. And I can't. I can't drink it anymore. It's the golden apple Strongbow. And if you go because it's really sweetened and really uh, not. It just sugary, sweet and sugary is what I would put it as is the green or the golden apple strongbow. But if the original was very dry, very much a uh, almost a wine, uh, a seltzer wine, mm. it was really really good, and that's why I enjoyed it. As soon as they switched it, you can taste a difference. And they claimed it was the original strongbow. I tasted it. I'm like, nope, take it back. <laughs> <laughs> I usually go to the the little cart that's outside. I don't. I like Rosen Crown. It's a nice environment and it's fun to go in. But just the cart outside is fine. I know you can get Harp. I'm pretty sure you can get Guinness. Mm-hmm. I hope you can get Fuller's, but I don't recall ever looking for it. I don't re- recall looking for it. But Harp and Guinness are definitely there. Black and Tans are what I would go for if I couldn't do the strong bow. Yeah, and I would just go for the Harp. Yeah, it's that's pretty much it in, in UK for me. I'm going for beer, which makes it hard to finish drink around the world, but. We'll get there. All right. So no ducktails. I mean, there are mixed drinks in Rose and Crown. Yeah, there are cocktails because it, it's it's an English pub, and it's really that. And they do have music there from the UK, which is an add-on if you drink. By that point in time, you are ten countries in. You just want to listen to some good music. They do have live music there. Recommend it. Fish and chips, live music, black and tan, or beer, whatever. Suit your fancy, mm-hmm. but the next and last pavilion is what have we not talked about? It's just to the north of the U.S. If you're walking in from Epcot and looking at World Showcase, we're talking to Teddy here. To the left is Mexico. To the right is okay. So Mecca- Mexico is to the south of the U.S. What country lies to the north of the U.S.? You really don't know, eh? No. Do I you don't wait. You don't. You really don't know what country is north of the United States on the map. Just give me a starting letter again. C. Canada. Okay. There you go, dude. All right. So Canada, there's no ducktails, right? Yeah. Again. Okay. But Canada has some really tasty liquor and mixed drinks. I love their maple liquor. You what? can get. You can get a shot, or is it a shot or two fingers of the maple crown royal? I think it's two fingers. Okay. And, and I know they have Le Fin du Monde. I do love the maple liqueur. It's a liqueur, isn't it? Or is it whiskey? It's maple whiskey. whiskey. Yeah. Ending the night on maple whiskey is probably not the right choice, but it is super tasty. It tastes like maple syrup. And they, Kevin was explaining to me a... I was just looking. Le Fin du Monde is a strong triple golden. Ooh. It's 9% alcohol. Ooh. So maybe don't finish with that one. They should have Labatt. Oh, they should have Labatt. I don't know if they do. Or Puppers. Well, it's just they should have Puppers, too. <laughs> I mean, minimally, you should have Labatt. Right? Molson's not a company anymore, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. But Labatt, absolutely. That's like the Budweiser of Canada. Pretty much, yeah. It's what you drink at all hockey games. It's the rule. It is the rule. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you trying to say that when I play the hockey? I know. When we go to hockey games with the with the Blue Jackets. That's what I get. I get Labatt Blue. 
It's the, the rule. rule. That's a you rule. And yeah, if, if I don't get it, they will lose. And they have now come out with Labatt Blue seltzers. Which so can I have it? No, no. They still have alcohol. They still have alcohol in them, but they don't have gluten in them, which your mom can drink then. Before we move on, I want to discuss making it through Drink Around the World. So technically, technically, technically if we're counting that, that group trip with the Diz, I've done it three times. Successfully. Failed once. Horribly. <laughs> and we'll talk about it. So the first time I did it, actually the first time I did it was with the Diz. Really? That was 2016. I thought we did it on our honeymoon. No, no, no. God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> you and I were driving everywhere on our honeymoon, oh, and, right. and we were broke. Yeah, we were broke. You're right. It was with that group from the Diz podcast. You're right. Where, and again, we, you and I did not have, you and I did not each have a full drink at each pavilion. Sometimes we split them, which definitely made it easier. You can argue whether that's valid or not, right? Yeah, because you can determine what, a drink, I'm losing, using quotes, a drink is. So the first time I drank around the world solo was on accident. It was the following year. It was the marathon, wasn't it? No, it was before the marathon. It was the summer. It was when we were down there with Kelly and the kids. You and Teddy went back to take a nap, and Allie and I stayed, and we hung out with Ann and Gary. And Gary and I keep kept getting drinks as we went to different countries, and by the time we realized what was going on, we... I, or at least I had a plan that I'm going to finish drinking around the world yeah. that night. We met up at France. I think, no, we met up at Germany. We had dinner at Germany that night. Yeah, you're right. We did meet up at Germany, but then we skipped a few and went back to France because that's where we were going to watch the fireworks. I, I can't even remember the order from that <laughs> day. I know I had sake at Japan without you. I had tipsy duck at China without you. Again, you can't fake sake, but tipsy duck you can. You can lower the alcohol. You can water it down. I don't remember what else I had that day, but I do remember stealing a pretzel from Beer Garden in Germany, <laughs> and we went and rode Test Track. We shut it down that night. We were the last guest <gasps> oh, to be on yes. Test Track. I remember that now. And while we're riding Test Track, <laughs> I had enough to drink. I pulled the pretzel out of the book bag on the ride. It's like, Hey, you guys want pretzel? I got pretzel. <laughs> and there's a picture of us doing, you know, 65 miles an hour on the turn or whatever it is. With a pretzel. And I'm holding a pretzel in my <laughs> hand. That was a good. And we had, the kids had rode on Gary's scooter that night. That was amazing. Yeah. The pictures of that. The third time I drank around the world and the last time that was successful was Marathon Weekend. We have pictures. You don't remember it? That was so bad, though. I know we largely stuck to mixed drinks, though. Yeah. I, America, we did not. We stuck to did craft beer. Germany, we did not. You're right. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure most of the other drinks were mixed drinks. Again, margarita at Mexico. That's the year we did the burning wine shot, or burnt, burnt wine burnt shot, wine. with yeah. a lot of people at Norway. Tipsy duck at China. I know it was beer at Germany. We don't have to keep going on the list. But we made it. We didn't die. And then this last trip we took back in May, June. Made it Japan. I made, yeah. And I, again, I think it's because I mixed, which screwed me up. I did, I was behind, right? You started drinking ahead of me while I did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with the kids. And when I caught up, I think I quickly drank my margarita from Mexico. You did. And then you went to... I went straight to beer. I yep. did the Einstock Porter from Norway. Tipsy, again, you can't fake the Einstock Porter. That is what it is. Tipsy Duck from China. Dunkel in Germany. I think I skipped Italy. 
No, you had wine with me in Italy. I had wine with you in Italy. Again, you can't fake wine. Yeah. I skipped United States then. Yep. I don't remember what I did in Japan. No, I don't think you skipped United States. Oh, I had United States? States. You had United States with me because I picked up two beers because I was waiting in line for the concert, which was was plain white tees. Oh, yeah. Then I must have skipped Japan. You did skip Japan. I was hurting by then. It was too much. Yep. It was too much too fast. World Showcase opens at 11.30 a.m. in the morning. It's open until 9 p.m. I think you need to take all nine and a half hours to actually make Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I started at 2, 3 in the afternoon that day, and there was no making it. The rule of thumb is one drink per hour. Oh, yeah. I mean, theoretically, you can drive based on that, but whether you actually can or not is another conversation. If you want to enjoy your trip, I recommend taking a full day at Epcot. Enjoy the World Showcase. Embrace all the different cultures. Enjoy the, the drink and the food. Drink a bottle of water between each pavilion, and you're good. So you drank around the world with me with the Diz, and then you drank around the world with me at Marathon Weekend. Yep. Which I'm pretty sure started around noon, and we took all day to do it. Yep. Okay. Any other thoughts or conversation on drink around the world? All right, so. It's time for the final sip. And tonight's question is. In my family, my role is blank. Being the extra rock to carry. You're the extra rock to carry? Wow. Deep. Wow. What does that mean? Yes. What does that mean? To, like, for me to tag along and journey with you guys, but also take a lot, which makes it longer. You feel like you're weighing us down? Yeah. No? No. You're not. So why do you think you're making our lives heavy? Yeah, bring me along. Hmm. You feel like we're carrying you with us is it a good thing or a bad thing bad thing you should feel and we can work on this later you should feel like you're walking next to us and the goal at the end is that you keep walking past us does that make sense yeah does it really make sense or are you just saying yes it really does okay i'm sad and i shouldn't feel sad because that's the way you feel but i agree with your dad you should be side by side with us you own the stuff you do. You're doing a good job. You're right? doing a really good job with this. So far, do you feel like you're doing well in school? Yeah. Keeping up on your assignments? Do you think you're a good friend? Yeah. Do you think that you're a good role model? Eh, in the middle. Okay. Wait, are you getting up? You done? Yeah, your dad and I still have to answer the question. It's called the final sip for everybody. In my role, or in my family, my role is... Keeping the family organized and on task. I would agree with that. Would you agree with that, Ted? Somewhat. You don't think (laughs) your dad plans everything? He has to have everything organized to a point where he knows what's happening the next day? I think there's a difference. The next day, yes, definitely. Doesn't plan everything. I don't want to plan everything. You try not to. I need to have everything organized. You have to be aware of everything. Yes. I need to have everything organized. I don't need to be the one deciding what's going on. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah. Do you want to hear what I think my my role is? The caretaker. And make sure everybody's healthy and happy and moving forward. Would you agree with that? Yep. What's wrong? These The final sip is really hard sometimes. Do you know why? Would you agree with that assessment, Bob? That it's hard sometimes? No. That I'm the caretaker... Moving everybody forward. Yeah. By the way, Esther Perel is a genius. 
Okay. Just uh, what are we talking about? These questions are the last. Sip. Oh. So the last sip questions that we take are from a game that Esther Perel, or a game in quotes, that Esther Perel has created. For those that don't know who Esther Perel is, Google she, it. Yes, Google it. She's a <laughs> psychotherapist. Psychotherapist? Relationship counselor is yes. probably a better term. Yeah, it's probably a better term. Who analyzes people's relationships and helps them move forward. Okay, so we said that this is hard sometimes. Anything else you want to talk about? I want to no. hear, Teddy, do you agree with me that I'm the, the caretaker of the family? Yeah. Yeah, moving everybody forward? Yeah. Okay, this has been a lot of good conversation tonight. Remember, size matters. Nobody likes a small glass of wine. The Steins. The Steins is my favorite part of the whole World Showcase. I already got like a